Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to invite you to join us at our next workshop coming up September 28th through the 30th in Pennsylvania in the beautiful Poconos along the Delaware River. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY. That's 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We are glad that you've joined us today. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and I'm here with my good buddy, Stephen. So how are you? I am well, blessed, and honored to be a part of this operation that we do here and that people come and listen. Yeah. You bless us by listening. And I think you're courageous. Mm-hmm. because you're on a growth mission to change and do things better. You're not content to die the same. Yeah. I'm always amazed at how people have uh, have found us. There's so many people that have found this uh, this program who weren't initially looking for it. You know, it's oh. like just all different kinds of ways that people come across it, some by word of mouth, some by doing a search that they weren't looking for us and found us anyway. <laughs> but I just always uh, am, am grateful to hear how people uh, have found us, and we do hope that it's a blessing to you. And we always yes. want, um, we're always welcoming feedback. So if you ever do want to send us uh, just comments on either the show or on maybe some topic ideas, things like that, you can do that by email by sending those comments to mypoint at puresexradio.com, or you can actually do that through our Twitter page. Just go to at puresexradio, and you can communicate with us there. So, Stephen, we're going to talk about disappointment. Yes. I want to, I'm excited. Hopefully this won't disappoint anybody <laughs> out there, right? You could be disappointed, but we hope not. Yeah. But, hey, you'll know how to manage it, right? And there you, you go. That's the hope here. So, uh, you know, sometimes I just like to brainstorm and just bring up a topic and bounce it off Jonathan and, and sort of imagine you sitting here chiming in with us as we talk. And I'll tell you what I've been thinking about lately. The topic is disappointment. And I got to tell this funny story, okay? Some of you know that my first wife died of, of breast cancer and I remarried and I've been married two years now. And uh, and so my first wife is so good at forgiving. And, you know, if there's a conflict and in 15, 10 minutes, it's gone. Whatever happened, if there was disappointment, it's gone. So I don't know her, right? This new wife. 
So there's conflict, and I'm disappointed. And it's like three hours later, I go and I sulk, and I'm moody, and and I come back and think, is everything okay? She said everything was okay a long time ago. Yeah. It's like, and I asked myself, why did I go away for three hours and have a good sulk? You know. Um, so I've been playing with this idea of disappointment because uh, there's several pieces to it. I read once that that you will be disappointed 20 times a day. Hmm. You wanted to get home in a hurry and there was traffic. You wanted to put milk on your cereal, there was no milk, right? I mean, you think about all these things. You wanted to get gas and you got to the pump, you got no money, you got no credit card. Mm -hmm. You, you got, right? I mean, we're disappointed all the time by life, by other people. Um, and so managing disappointment is really important. Um, so that's one piece of disappointment. The other piece is, you know what happens when you get angry? Two things happen. You have to be disappointed and you have to be stressed. Then you're angry. Because if you're disappointed, say you're on a beach and you were gonna, you wanted to eat at six and they said, well, it's a long line, you can't eat till seven. Well, I'm sitting on the beach and you're in the sunset with my friends. Okay, I'm disappointed, but I'm not stressed. It's mm -hmm. like, eh, okay, we'll eat at seven. Who cares? Right. You know, I thought it'd be six, but it's seven. Okay. But if if you're in a hurry and you've got just amount of time and and you're under stress and you've got a deadline and then somebody says, I'm running 50 minutes late, I'm going to mess you up. Then the stress and the disappointment can be vented out mm. into anger. Now, does that also work the other way where you could be stressed without disappointment and not be angry? I mean, I'm just trying to work no, out no, the formula. No, no, I think that's true. I, but people are under stress all the time, and they're just irritable. But give them one more thing. It's that extra drop on mm -hmm. the bucket that's about to overflow, right? And then you overflow it. Then that something else is the issue. Because so, people live under stress. They go to bed, and they get up. Yeah. They're way behind on their job. They have so much to do. You can live under a lot of pressure. So what would be just kind of your working definition of disappointment? Like how would you just define um, what disappointment when is? Your expectation isn't met. Okay. So I wanted this and I didn't get it. And I thought we were going to watch the movie and the movie sold out. Okay. Right? Just, I'm just disappointed. And if I'm not stressed, then I can process it easier, right? That if I have a lot of stress and tension and just that one more thing, then, you, then I'm going to be angry. Okay. So anyway, that's just those are two little side notes about disappointment. The the other thing about disappointment is there is a mood and a verbal response to go with it. So what happens when you're disappointed in your body? What do you feel? And then what do you say? Or how do you act? Right? These are pieces of managing disappointment. Mm. Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so I've been saying to myself, first it sounds like this, and then I refine it. I'm not going to be disappointed anymore. I'm just not going to be disappointed. And then I have to back off that thought and think, well, I'm, I'm not going to be let down. I won't have broken expectations. No, that's not going to work. I'm not going to act. So it goes to, I'm not going to act on my disappointment. Or I'm going to act smart if I'm disappointed. 
Mm-hmm. I don't act stupid. I want to be, we talked about childish thinking. I didn't get my way. I didn't get what I wanted. And now I get to throw a fit because me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So what I'm I hearing. I want you to interrupt Well, what I'm hearing you say then here. as I try to kind of unpack disappointment is I'm hearing you say that there is a distinction between the moment of feeling disappoint, disappointed and then how I'm going to react in my behavior or even my thinking regarding that disappointment. Right, is I'm going right? to feel it in my mood. Right, because you can't not deny be. or you can't you know, decide that you're never going to feel disappointed. Or, or that be, or yeah. be. My expectations will be broken, and the timing and the program, the organization, I want to get to the beach before the sunset, and then we, we had to stop and, and get groceries, and then we get to the beach after dark, and now mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. Right. Right? So, so I hope you're thinking, I hope this conversation generates a lot of thinking, because I think there's a lot of disappointment in life. Oh, man, yeah. When you think about the people. Well, and we can go on. Let's go on in a minute. But let me just finish my thought. Because I have used disappointment, my behavior in response to my disappointment, to even to punish people. Well, I won't talk to you. Mm. There's this, this, this story I'm going to try to tell. And, and I'm going to mess it up so it's not somebody who's listening. You know what I mean? But... But I, I haven't seen this friend in, say, a month. Um, and I'm trying to get to see him because it helps him, too. It's important for him to be encouraged sometimes. And I have one hour. And I say, okay, the chicken shack is down the road one block. I can leave my office and get to the chicken shack in two minutes. Then we can have an hour visit and I can run back to my office because I only got one hour. And he says, so I call him up, I invite him, I go out of my way, I put him on the top list. I can do anything I want today, but I put him on the top of the list. And he goes, I don't want chicken. I think I want a hamburger. Well, the hamburger's two miles down the road. And I got to get in my car and I got to fight a little traffic. It's right at noon and everybody else and get on. And so it's going to take me a couple of miles. I mean, it's going to take me time that I don't have in that hour. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. Okay, it's not going to work. Thanks, bye. And I said, you're on the bottom of the list. <laughs> I'm not calling you back. I gave you an hour of my time. I put you on the top of the list. I wanted to encourage you. And you picked a hamburger over me? Mm. That's yeah. disappointing. Yeah. You know, because if this is a friend, I don't care what we eat. I don't care if I eat... I eat eggs for breakfast and see you and I have eggs for lunch. I'll eat eggs for supper to see my friend. I don't care. Right, yeah. It's food. Who cares? So so, so now do you hear my response? You're on the bottom of the list, buddy. You think I'm calling you to invite you to lunch? You just forget it. Eat your burger with somebody else because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed. And, you know, it's easy to punish people. Um, one, or two, I'll not talk to you, or three, uh, I'll ignore you, I'll give you my backside, I'll act like you don't exist. You know, I'm not, I'm not a mean, angry guy. I'm a quiet, uh, sort of, uh, you won't know I'm mad at you kind of guy. I'll just cut you off. You will not exist. 
So, so, you know, the other thing is I've decided to be a little more transparent. Mm -hmm. I think we talk from our heads a lot in that I was listening to somebody speak and he says, you know, if you want to make your connections, you got to be transparent. So I'm, I'm a little out myself here a little bit, today, yeah. you know. But I think that's good, and I think it's one of those, th you know, a lot of what you're mentioning there in terms of the response has a lot of passive aggressiveness to it, right? Yep, exactly. And, um, and I'd be curious then to ask, like, so then what is the – it seems like the, the disappointment has the effect of, like, being a, maybe a first domino to fall – that's the whole right. progression of things yeah, you that can be it. unhealthy for you. That's right, because that can be the trigger, right? Because we're going to be disappointed, right? Everybody disappoints everybody else, right? Um, and we're all trying to be happy. And I don't like the ugly mood of not getting what I want, anticipating and being let down, life getting in the way, my plans, you know, I don't like that broken. I mean, you know, I don't like it. And then, then I get to act, you know, like a two year old who's throwing a fit and stomping around. Give me the ice cream. I want the ice cream. I can have the ice cream when I want ice cream. Give me ice cream. And, and you know? I, the thing that I think is difficult is there's a balance between being accommodating to other people, right? In mm -hmm. terms of like not, not letting disappointment get to you and that kind of stuff. And then becoming a doormat for other people to just walk all over, right? Isn't there some kind of a, a balance there that says, so like, for instance, let's take this instance with your friend. Yeah. You know, listen, it's one thing for you to decide, okay, I'm disappointed. Can I make an adjustment that essentially says we're going to have 30 minutes together instead of an hour? I guess I could do that. But then there's another thing that says if it becomes something where, you become known as the person that just always adjusts, always gives mm -hmm. in. That's not healthy for you either, right? To be able to say, because that, that then I well, think goes to a point of yeah. people pleasing to the point of idolatry, that it's like I'm making people pleasing the most important thing, even yes, if it yes, crushes me. but that's me. another talk. You know that, right? Sure, sure. The role of being a people pleaser, right? That's a whole talk. But what I'm saying is the disappointment yes. can even trigger then that people pleasing tendency, right? Well, people pleasing, people that are pleasing, see, a pleaser in the story would have said, let's go eat your burger. And even though it's going to take, you know, 10 minutes there, 15 minutes if traffic's bad because blah, blah, blah. And then I got to get back and I got to, right? A pleaser would say, okay, we'll do 30 minutes, you know? Um, and I, the, 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 we're, we're drifting here because my point is, what do I do with me? Right, yeah. And, and, and yes, I could have done 30 minutes, but it's just like, Nothing works the way you go to a restaurant, there's other people, there's lines, there's time, there's traffic. When you walk out, when I think I have a clean hour and I leave in this big city, right? Nothing mm -hmm. works the way you think no, it's it going to work. And especially at noon, yeah. right? Everybody else is running at noon to do what they're going to do at noon too. So anyway, that just in my mind didn't work. It wasn't an option. I said no. Yeah, so but, let's get back to the disappointment Yeah, but the point piece. was I was I was going out of my way. I was sacrificing. I wanted to help. Uh, I thought it was a good thing. And so, and so there's two stories now on the table, right? My wife can forgive pretty easily and regroup and not hold a grudge. 
But I look at me, and it took me three hours of going and pulling weeds and sweeping the driveway. I'm going to stay outside. I'm going to do something. You're going to notice me gone. I'm not going to talk to you. I mean, I'm doing stupid yeah. acting out behavior, but but it's my life. I get to do that. I'm human, right? Jesus loves me. It's okay. But, but it's stupid. It's a waste, you know? Anytime you you feel the ugly mood and then you open your mouth and you say stupid things or you do bad behaviors how does that go well when you hurt somebody with your mouth or your or your sulk how, how does that go well that's flesh right that's humanity that's immaturity and and we said this before in in marriage your spouse will show you your weaknesses mm-hmm. they'll just tell you why do you act like that it's like Hey, I've acted like this all my life. Why, yeah, why, why are you making me look at me? You know, I get to be me. But sometimes we're kind of dumb, mm-hmm. you know. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide, how could I manage my disappointment better? How can I do that? Um, <clears throat> and so I, I say, I'm not going to be disappointed anymore. Well, I am going to be disappointed. But I'm not going to act stupid. Uh, I'm going to own it and move it. And how could I use my spiritual resources in an emotional moment, mm-hmm. right? Because either I want justice, uh, how does that work? But or or I hold my rest and hold my peace, and and let it go quickly. Mm-hmm. And so that's my strategy now. Well, and this actually is reminding me of a podcast we did possibly even last year maybe maybe earlier this year i don't remember um cuz what i'm hearing you say is that some of this reaction requires grieving yes because we did a whole podcast on that that is a positive way mm-hmm. to like just release things yes. and it sounds to me like disappointment is one of those things that can get us ramped up it can get us off spinning off in all other kinds of areas because we want to continue to hold on yes. to our rightness or Look hold at on to our. He paid attention yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Every now and then I remember you're some spot on. When some major disappointment hits you, grieve it through and just be sad about it and grieve it and release it. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's 20 things a day that are not major, you know, yeah, that really you're not a- like uh, somebody got sick or. Right, somebody's moving away. Big things. The house caught fire. There's some grieving you got to do here. So, so but let's talk. So but let's, that's not a bad tool. Yeah, that's a great tool. But so I'm let's adding then, another tool. Then maybe that's the way to look. Okay, at good. Because I was like, okay, then let's talk about the 20 things that aren't. Yes, and what to do, and right. how do you respond? To that's those. exactly right. Because because I'm going to be disappointed, and. Um, and then am I going to spend time? I'm going to feel let down. And, and am I going to sulk and get caught up in that and moody? And some people shake their fists. They kick the dirt. They tear up the other person. Whoever disappoints. You think you have permission to, to rail in another human being, right? So, so, but I'm thinking, what could I do from a spiritual perspective that would be better um, so it's like, get on the edge of your seat because I'm about to Where's roll the drum this roll, out. Right? There you go. Roll. We need a little button with the drum roll, you know? <laughs> so, so, um, 
here's what I'm thinking I'm, and I've started doing, and I want you to tell me what you think about this idea. If I'm disappointed, I can make it an emotional thing. I can make it a reactionary. I can make it a get even thing. Or I could immediately turn to my Heavenly Father and get in His presence. Mm-hmm. So think about what that means. That means I have to say, okay, God, I immediately got in, invite God in the moment. I get into the presence of God. Okay, God, it's you and me. Because when I stand in the presence of God, whatever disappointed me is very insignificant. You know, I'm I'm glad you said that because one of the things that was coming to my mind, I've been I've been really enjoying um, going through Tim Keller's devotional, The Songs of Jesus, and it's basically going through all of the Psalms. So in one year, you get through all of the Psalms. Well, right now I'm I'm roughly in the the 80s, you know, mid mid 80s of the Psalms, and you know, there's a there's a these are a lot of these psalms are what you might call like vindication psalms mm-hmm. where the psalmist the writer is essentially like bringing things before God that are part of his reality right now that he's saying all right I'm not going to take it into my own hands but God do you see this do you mm-hmm. see these things and almost like calling out to God and saying hey for your name's sake can you like take care of some business here and and I, so I'm thinking of that in terms mm. of like what you're talking about. This is disappointment's going to occur. And we might even, maybe on some level, we could call some disappointments an injustice, right? I mean, somebody did you wrong oh, or whatever. Sure, sure. But then there's all these other maybe smaller disappointments that, um, that do maybe call out that sense within us that says we want to make things right, we want to get even, we want to fire back. Right. And I do think the Psalms have been great for me in terms of realizing how much more valuable it is to just take it all and turn it and bring it into God's presence for the two reasons that I think of. One is um, I think it does give us a sense that God is the ultimate judge, He's the ultimate one who will bring justice. But the second thing is exactly what you talked about in that it reframes my perspective. It makes me realize when I when I get into the presence of God, does anything look overwhelming to him? And so it kind of gives a sense of confidence back in me that says, that's my God. Mm. You know, is there anything that really should bring worry about in my life? I mean, he's the God that holds life and death in his hands. And here I'm upset because they put cheese on my burger, you know? Right. (laughs) So I think that's a, I think you're, you're spot on. I think the question that maybe a lot of the listeners have and that I would have too is, is give us some handlebars to that in a practical way. Yeah. Because, okay, bring it from the the correct Bible answer, which is get into God's presence. Mm-hmm. Well, what are some ways that I can so, do that? Yeah, you know? so uh, Jim Wilder is a neurotheologian, and he and a couple of people read this little booklet, and, and there's a principle in it called practicing the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Just practicing being in the presence of God. And and so that's what I've been doing. I just want to get in your presence. I just want to be with you. I just want to move over from where I am here to, to you. Because 
I mean, it, it's not complicated, okay? It's very simple. I just want to practice your presence. I just want to be in your presence. I'm calling it practicing the presence of God. I want right, to practice yeah. the presence of God. That's it. Because God is all around. God is at work. God's in control. God wants good things to happen. God has our back. And, and in the moment, I want to rise up, as you say, and and for justice and scream for justice yeah. you know um but if you practice the presence you just go stand over there and you start a dialogue and you say you know what i wish this had gone better but the whole idea of talking to god sort of puts the frame right in your head i don't, I don't know what that means to you but it means a little bitty being goes in the presence of this giant, perfect being that mm-hmm. starts talking. Yeah. And the, the giant being listens to the little one. Mm-hmm. And so I can say anything I want, and he can let me talk. And, and just, you know, like a, like a child would grab a father's hand, right? If a child got scared... Uh, I was at a restaurant not too long ago, and uh, I was standing there by myself and 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 waiting for food to come out, and it was a pickup thing, and family came in. There was a little girl, and she sort of looked at me, and I'm this guy standing over there, got my sunglasses on, my hat on, and, and she just moves to her mother. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm not talking. She doesn't know who I am. I'm a strange man. But she just moved into protection. She moved mm-hmm. into safety. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what I'm just the little one, the vulnerable, the disappointed one. I'm just going to go go where all is okay. And I think to, for me personally, the key to that is if you think about disappointment, disappointment comes because we have expectations for outcomes, mm-hmm. right? Right. If, if you didn't have any expectations for outcomes, you wouldn't be disappointed. You have an expectation of that outcome at the mm-hmm. beach. You have an expectation of whatever. And so I think some of this practicing the presence is being able to surrender your right or what your perceived right to outcomes into the one who actually has the right to affect outcomes. In other words, it's a surrender. I think it's a moment where you're saying, practicing that presence is saying, God, I want to bring this into your presence, not so that I can try to throw some coins into you like a vending machine to still get the outcome I want, but instead to say, what is it to be just calmed in your presence? What is it to release outcomes to your control, to your sovereignty, to not try to, and even going to God, not looking for outcomes. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think that's what you're talking about. It's practicing the presence. There's a, there is a present nature to that. There's a nowness to that right. that doesn't try to manipulate things. So I wrote down four things. Okay, I didn't get what I wanted. Am I, that's one. Am I going to practice a bad habit? Because I have practiced bad mm-hmm. habits. That's two. Number three, does it really matter? I mean, really. Should I ruin the day over it? Should I ruin three or four hours and sulk? Should I raise my voice? Should I scare people? Should I make people feel bad that they didn't do what I want? Uh, and really, if I practice those skills, then I lose my own rest. Mm. Right. By practicing a bad skill, I, I lose and those around me lose for some little thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to hold my rest. And it's almost like when I go practice the presence of God, it's restful. Yeah, yeah. The, the world is in order. 
And whatever was little, it's like I cross a line from this world into the other world. And when I step into his world, everything's okay. Yeah. And he's big and I'm little. And, and whatever I wanted over here that was, you know, was just a disappointment, it's not worth me getting all messed up. I mean, you see people, they mm -hmm. scream, they shout, they throw, they break, they run, they throw fits, they leave, they'll abandon, they'll do terrible things because they didn't get what they wanted. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. And um, so I think, listeners, we want to encourage you to be thinking about this. I appreciate what Stephen said about we want to get you thinking so that uh, you begin to recognize when you are feeling disappointed when you're being disappointed and then move into this practice of the presence of God. And uh, do you happen to know the name of the book by Jim Wilder? Or uh, There's a little book called Joyful Journey. Okay. So maybe that'd be a good resource for folks to grab um, in terms of helping this, helping them along the way here. We're always glad you're with us and we'd love for you to reach out to us. You can do that uh, on the website at puresexradio.com or on our Twitter page at puresexradio. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the broadcast. Take care. Rest. Rest, yes. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.